Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, good morning. Good grief. It's a Saturday, beautiful day. We are off and running. Lots of things happening here in KMOX land. Scott Mosby at your service. Two full hours today. Stand by. We've got lots to talk about, and it's all related to you, your home, your health, and the security and comfort of the buildings that we reside or use for working in. Phone lines for you. This is a two-hour call-in show. You call. I do my best to answer or help you find an answer uh, through the uh, network I have or people listening. We have a great number of the KMOX listening family on air right now. Many of us running around the town in search of gifts for the holiday and all the things. The good news is we've got Saturday and Sunday before Christmas Day. The bad news is we're all out doing the same thing. Traffic is just wonderful. Yeah. Well, we can talk about that, but more interesting things around the house, certainly where we get home, finally get back to recreate ourselves in our homes, just kind of put our heads back together and be on the island of our own. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900 puts us together. Any question you would like? I wish all of you listening happy Hanukkah for those sneaking up on Christmas. A Merry Christmas to all coming. Uh, this is my second to last show of the year, and uh, I retire after that. Rich Orris, my good friend and cohort for, golly, better part of 20 years, worked with him at Mosby Building Arts, will take over on December 6th. And uh, it, it, frankly, one of the treats I've gotten for Christmas is uh, I don't get to see Rich as much as I used to, and so we've interacted a lot more than we used to in the past and you know just because we slow down we're just busy we're doing the same things and out doing our thing and so it's been a real treat for me to reconnect with Rich Orris who will replace me on this show on uh, January 6th and therefore uh, 314-436-7900 stay tuned we've got a big day here on KMWX 1 o'clock today uh, it brings your retirement professionals 2 o'clock the standard business of family business this afternoon on KMWX we've got a NFL football double header as we go throughout the day Bengals and Steelers first at 3 o'clock following that game we've got the Bills and the Chargers right here on KMOX. I think holiday season has begun because the football is in motion. Anything related to your home, uh, bring it on, bring it in. Uh, I've been around, uh, golly, better part of half a century in this industry trying to figure it out uh, and straighten it out at times. Uh, Both are roles that uh, fall to me. Uh, So I travel a good bit trying to learn and keep up with the technology of the manufacturers, uh, best practice seminars, uh, things like that groups that we talk about how to get better what what we're seeing in the um, products how we put them together how that changes the training of our people at Mosby Building Arts and their companies around so um, you know visited Syracuse New York a couple of years ago or a couple of months ago uh, for one of our good friends and uh, that that was uh, very interesting McClurg and Associates is uh, who was hosted our last meeting I've been part of this group through the National Association of Home Builders 
since 1997, I want to say. I've been on KMOX since 1995, um, and I, we all kind of grew up together. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Let's go right to my phone lines here and talk to my friend Patty. Patty, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help? Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I, I have a question. I called into your company. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, I have repairs that need to be done on the exterior of my home, <clears throat> and I, t- I discussed with them what it was specifically, mm-hmm. and they asked me if this was uh, related with insurance, mm-hmm. and I said yes. One of the claims is related with an insurance company. And they said, well, we don't get involved with that type of uh, situation. And I mm-hmm. wanted to understand what, what the reasoning is behind that. Of course, we would assume that all companies are going to do repairs on a home regardless. If it's insurance-related, that's why we purchase insurance for liability. So that's my question today. Well, hold your breath. Here we go. It's um, We've tried for a uh, better part of half of the 75 years we've been around or 77 years we've been around to figure out insurance. The insurance industry is a large um, uh, organization, and they require that we purchase and quote on a software called Xactimate because it fits in with their ins- with their insurance computer system. So they uh, have their whole process is built around companies that use Xactimate. It is uh, the question, the way I hear that is, um, uh, are you an architectural designer of skyscrapers? That is so different. Insurance work is so different that it's a specialty unto itself. Uh, you know, Woodard uh, does that kind of work because they're built for it. So they have that software. They're set up to respond quickly. Um, we're not set up to respond quite so quickly. So I know it's, it just seems odd to you, and it seemed odd to me for many, many years. We just could never figure out how to fit in their about, process. Do you, well, it's a simple question. Do you do exterior uh, repair to homes that have had hail damage or roof damage? That's a pretty uh, simple request in the insurance industry. It's a common request, especially if someone's experienced a bad storm in their area. Right. The, the answer is no, That's typically for hail, for hail damage on siding for doing siding and roofing we do that stuff um, because we can quote in our system I'm being 77 years old we have very specific and well worked out systems but they don't play well at all it's like a, a kindergartner playing with a you know a ninth grader they just don't speak the same language and it it I know it's counterintuitive but that's it <laughs> I don't understand your language personally I'm asking exactly about uh, roof repair or a new roof or a new uh, cedar siding. Mm-hmm. Do you that, do that type of work at all on yep. residential? Yes, we do, but we will not work the 60 hours that it takes to negotiate with an insurance company after we make that quote That's because bad. they make us. Well, I'm no. telling you that kind of how it is. And it's, I will tell you that. 
uh, more than a dozen uh, states' attorney generals are suing the insurance industry for price fixing around the use and requirement of Xactimate. So um, there are you're either in the insurance business or you're not. And that's why they're so, uh, you, if you call a lot of companies, they will give you the same answer. You know, you know that, okay, from being an owner, but a common person that is a homeowner doesn't know that in-depth discussion with attorney generals. So right. when I personally, as a homeowner, hear you on KMOX, obviously I sought you out. At, because I thought that would be a high referral, but actually I was very disappointed in the responses that I got from your office. So I think everybody listening should be aware of that because you've never stated that you don't don't deal with insurance companies. So sure. it's kind of like advertisement, but yet when you call, you find out otherwise. Yeah, Thank I'm sorry. Thank you for your time, but listeners... Understand, if you call, they don't help you. Thank you. Thanks, Patty. Well, there it is. It's uh, I, I, From Patty's point of view, I've asked that question so many times. But uh, for those of you that have been in insurance claims um, and gotten into a conflict with insurance companies, you know, I mean, there are insurance adjusters, there are insurance attorneys. We just don't like working with adjusters and attorneys, and, and it, it's just beyond because that stuff all has cost and there's this dance um, that happens that our deal is look at the work price it out and then make a promise and keep the promise in insurance the whole business is um, quote the thing through exactimate and then spend hours and hours uh, convincing the the uh, uh, insurance adjuster why we have to add this and add that and add this and there's no relation anyway I know Patty I hear you it's a very valid point it doesn't make sense and it hasn't made sense to me for years um, so my apology to you anyway uh, Scott Mosby home improvement KMOX 314-436-7900 uh, I stand here to help you counter to Patty's feelings but uh, I do hear you Patty and I understand where you're coming from uh, let me take a short pause and come right back for more here on KMOX Get started there, little fireplace. Oh, sit back, feet up on the uh, little raised place there, and just oh, chill out. Look at the fire dance. Tis the season. Three one four four three six seven nine hundred. Scott Mosby at your service right here on KMOX. Let's go right back to our phone lines and see what's cooking here as we sneak right up to three days before Christmas here on Saturday. Uh, so. Bless you all, and thank you for joining. What's happening with my friend Jay? Hey, Jay, good morning. Welcome. How can I help you today? Hey, Scott. Thanks for taking my call again. Um, yeah. I called to talk to you last week, and I've just yeah. got a couple follow-up questions. I'm making a coffered ceiling, a ceiling yeah. that goes up into, like, all four sides, like a pyramid, up into a skylight. Mm-hmm. Now, I kind of picture, you know, a wedding cake. You know, you got the little cake at the very top that the bride and groom maybe eat a year later, and then after that, it's a little, <laughs> you know. And as you go down, it looks like a triangle. So, have you been into the I, Christmas cheer already? Hey, 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 there! Watch it, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I'm just trying to paint a picture in your mind so you understand yeah. my question better. 
So as I go up into this coffered ceiling, there's all kinds of layers and cuts and pine molding that I'll have put in or I'll put in or something. And everything's going to be white going up into that skylight. Scott, would you use half-inch or five-eighths drywall to build that cake, if you will, to the skylight? Or would you use like one-by-sixes, one-by-eight pine? And I have have a planer and joiners. I can take that three-quarter, which is really a one-by-six or one-by-eight or one-by-ten, whatever it ends up being. I can take that down to a half an inch. But would you prefer wood going up there to the skylight and then painting everything white? Or would you like drywall going up there? Well, first off, you need at least half-inch drywall to meet the fire code. So you can't put wood up there unless it's over the top of drywall. Uh, Because of the movement of the new framing, if I were putting drywall up, I mean, the difference between 5 eighths cost and half-inch cost is is small, but that stuff's heavy. Uh, But I would choose, uh, we generally use half-inch. But we f- we frame very. If you're if you're confident in your framing, you can use half inch drywall. If you're not, you may think that things are going to move around a little bit. I would do five eighths. Then, if you choose, then o- and only then can you add wood. It has to be over a top of that fire separation of the drywall. Standard drywall is acceptable for that ceiling. Um, and then it's just down to the look that you're looking for there, Jay. It really is. Uh, and if it's all white, the question, the design question you're asking is, do I want my skylight to be a feature or to be ambiance of just the room? So when you walk into the room, be careful that you don't turn up the charm on a feature that you really don't want to dominate. You see what I mean? Yeah. So if I you've see, got I beams and just... if you've got beams in there, I would no. not put wood up in the you know that because then the beams are down at the ceiling line. If you have this beautiful piece of art or some killer furniture, that then draws the attention down to eye level and below. But but my my take on skylights is generally they are natural lighting that enhances the experience of the room. So I'm not one that really charms up, trims out, or makes a skylight into a feature. Okay, well, my, uh, mine will be more of a feature. And by the way, those horizontal uh, rafters, uh, uh-huh. those are going to be removed because I went up to Shapiro's today and bought steel, quarter-inch, three-sixteenth-inch steel plate that's going to go up into the peaks. And I'm going to screw into there, and then I'm going to take all that horizontal board out so the ceiling doesn't collapse. So I'm going to have uh, an open, very open look. Wow. Um has an engineer looked at this? No. Uh, be careful because think uh, I'm going to the trusses or your standard roof framing, your top rafters slope down on one side and the other. Uh, the horizontal part that you're pulling out is a thrust. So the, the role of that, number one, is to keep those two bottom tails of those rafters from plunging out wide. So it's the bottom cord of your triangle. Uh, generally, on a manufactured, highly engineered wood truss, they will only go up one-third of the depth of that. So basically, if you've got a total six-inch rise on your rafters from ceiling line to peak, generally your maximum um, uh, the horizontal uh, bottom cord of that triangle would be four feet down from the top. If you're going all the way up to the top, you're into some serious structure 
Um, and we would at Mosby make sure that this goes out to a civil engineer that uh, reviews and designs this. And it's a pain because some of the things required to hold that kind of structure up are really involved. And I like your use of steel, but uh, make sure you get some review on this because as good okay. as we are at Mosby, we we need to have somebody check our math. Okay, but like my first, your, your first answer was I'm just going to say heck with the wood going up yeah. there because right. you know just do drywall. Well, but it, it, drywall but if you're making it a feature, it, but it, yeah, that would be my answer. But if you're making it a feature here, Jay, you know uh, you can you can do the same thing with wood and whitewash it to where it's really cool when you look up there, but it's still kind of secondary, you know, to the room experience. So. No, how I didn't want to do that. I was just going to paint it just a plain Jane White, you know, maybe a little yeah. bit of a cream to it. I was looking at mainly just over the years cracking, you know, since it's, yeah, you know, the give and take of the earth and stuff and the movement of the house would crack yeah. more of the drywall. Amen. I'm, maybe I'm right not. there with you. Yeah. Well, that's the nailing. So whether you use half inch or five eighths up there, you need to have a whole bunch of nailers at the corners and, you know, through the field of those areas. You know, it's it's the framing and the fastening that defines drywall cracking. Generally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of steel <laughs> corners and whatnot. There you go. One more qu- one quick one. Uh, you told me about that fire thing, the fire thing that goes up on top of my walls, you know, yeah. for, you know, to keep it. Where do you buy where do you buy galvanized steel plate? Oh, uh, it's not. Uh, generally, I just go to a, a home center, you know, a Lowe's, a Home Depot, and they have, you know, six-inch round uh, galvanized steel ductwork. That's, you know, you can it comes out flat. They coil it up, so you can get it either oh. in flat sheets or you can get it at the hardware store. It's it's available in ductwork fashion. You just kind of flatten it out and do what you're doing. Or oh, keep okay. in mind again, it's a two by, you know, a two by four, two by just a two-inch thick or half-inch drywall. But if you're going to lay rafters on or, or, or ceiling joists on it the drywall gets bumped out there that's why yeah okay and then on the walls i want to go with five eighths if you have a choice between drywall you go five eighths right on new walls. yeah yeah i mean why not you know if the only downside is it's heavy as the dickens (laughs) i know one last question when you lay drywall do you Mm -hmm. lay it lengthwise going across horizontal or do you go up over wood framing typically horizontal you cross just like your floor ply if you're you know, floor joists, your plywood would always go across the structural members. Then the only yep. difference with that is when you're using steel stud framing in commercial buildings, they put their drywall up vertical, the, vertically. The problem is when the tapers residentially, if you're taping a four foot high seam off the floor, you're just walking around the wall, you know, and it's real easy to get to. And if you're going from nine feet or 10 feet up down to the floor, it's, you know, you're, that's hard to tape one piece. So horizontally, stacked like you would lay up brick okay thank you very much all right jay good you luck there my retirement. friend it's always great talking to me thanks scott all right thanks jay take care brother home improvement scott mosby KMOX. we're off and running uh first question on insurance work the second work on coffered ceilings and skylights for those of you that don't know what a coffered ceiling is um the Surely you do, but typically you might have the where the angle is like a vaulted ceiling, 
but instead of it going up to a point, it flattens out at the at the top. So you might have eight foot high walls, then you have a slope going up an extra two feet at a 45 or 30 degree angle, and then it winds up flat again. And what Jay's doing is as it goes up to that flat piece, it's going up to and defining framing the opening of a skylight, maybe a four by four foot skylight, I would imagine in, in what he's describing there but it comes from coffer or and sometimes we you know we used to call it coffin where the wall you know came up and then it angled kind of like the lid of a coffin so anyway but it's properly pronounced coffered ceiling 314-436-7900 recently had my garage floor sealed uh boy that's an experience talk about great big grinding equipment i know a good bit about high performance coating have performed a few bit in my career and my gosh to see the type of equipment I mean this thing looked like a floor buffer it was about two and a half feet in diameter and about three feet tall and it was um, it was a big grinding machine that ground off every top surface down to the bare concrete and that's where they started a 314-436-7900 let's go talk to my friend Jim hey Jim Scott Mosby good morning welcome to KMOX how can I help hi how are you today Fantabulous, my friend. How about yourself? Well, I'll tell you what I did. Uh, okay. Uh, last summer, I ran a 220 line into my uh, attached garage here and okay. put a commercial heater in it. Uh-huh. And, you know, uh, my utility bills on rural electric here went up about $40 a month because I left this heater running in the garage you know kind of down close to low yeah but uh guy told me he said well you want to leave it set at a constant temperature and not not turn it off when you leave for a couple weeks at a time and he said that keeps the walls warm and everything else and it costs more to keep it put it back up to where it's you know back up to 65 degrees where you want it what do you think about that? Oh, I agree. There is a range. For example, and this is the debate amongst heating and cooling guys on setback thermostats. So if you're setting back the thermostat, you basically set it back half of the time you're gone. So if you're going to leave the house for eight hours in a day or 10 hours, the maximum amount that you can set it back is four degrees. Well, I advocate it's more like two degrees. So you want to adjust it because it, it, it does. So you stop heating it, you save the money, all that stack of building materials called a house now gets really cold so that then, and that's where your setback thermostat, if you're going to get home at six, you better turn that furnace on at four. And it's going to run probably most of the time from four to six, trying to catch up to heat that stack of building materials plus the air. So what what he's telling you is true. When you're gone for two weeks, however, on mine, um, I have a very different. If you're going to be a snowbird or go for two weeks in the winter, I would dial that thing back. And I typically might dial it back. Well, you might be running it at the right temperature anyway, but you can shut it off for that two weeks and then come back. The problem is it's going to take you the better part of a day for it to warm back up when your car comes home. You follow? Yeah. Yeah, it's really just our, you're, ther- you're heating a thermal mass, which is the building materials. Very quickly, the air inside your garage will hit 70 degrees or 45 degrees or fit whatever you're setting it for. So the air responds instantly. 
the stack of building materials keeps absorbing that heat for days and days and days until the drywall and the surface and the framing behind it and the concrete floor warms up. Well, that's a whole bunch of, of mass, and that's a lot of BTUs necessary to heat the, the, the thermal sink called your building materials. And to keep it warm at that level all the time would cost you quite a bit more than just turning it off for a couple of weeks. Well, if, you, if, if you're going for a day or two, I wouldn't set it back. But if you're going for a couple of weeks, I typically shut the whole thing down. I mean, I had a lake house years ago, and, you know, I would, set, I would, I would leave it at 55 degrees, but about a day before I came, I'd, I'd have it gradually go back up to 70 because even though yeah. I, when I get there and turn it to 70, those floors were cold, the countertops were cold, the windows were right. cold, the doorknobs were, you know, the whole thing, so... But for right. two weeks, I, I I would shut it down. You know, I'd shut it back. To, I typically ran it back to 58 degrees in the winter. Yeah, okay. Because that's kind of where I'm at with the inside of the house, too, because I just uh, set the thermostat down to 50 and then open the cupboard doors around the sinks and everything else yeah. so that it goes around through there. But I yeah. haven't had any problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, you won't have problems until we get down to like six degrees Fahrenheit and zero. And when it gets down to those negative degrees overnight, you know, and when I knew that happened, you know, I would, I'd heat the house up to normal 70 degrees when it got that cold, trying to get the heat to those pipes and those walls. So uh, it's it's kind of counterintuitive, but I was trying to save the the copper plumbing more so than save a few bucks heating and cooling. Right. Just, we've had a, unbelievable winters you know central illinois i mean 10 years ago i was able to walk all the way across this lake and i had 26 inches of ice you know built up in it you know (laughs) but you know everything's changed i mean yeah uh, they even uh sent me a thing about my roof my roof's now 15 years old and the insurance company said, we're only going to pay you this amount of money on the roof now if it got destroyed by, you know, hail or wind or whatever, because uh, I guess the roof's that old now. So, you know, yeah. you were talking earlier about insurance. You know, they they write the rules. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have they're and they've been doing it for a long time and they're pretty good at it. So, you know, a bloke like <laughs> yeah. me doesn't stand a chance, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I heard your argument before, and you did a real good job about that. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, her point and her question, I mean, I have asked so many times, like, why not? And then we go in, right. and then we get beat up, and then we wind up with 40 hours more than we ever estimated. And it's a phone time. It's not It's not production. It's not a car. It's just telephone time. And it's like, we we don't get paid for that. That's This is not – and, you know, anyway, that's – and it's it's not a bad deal. They have arrangements with their contractors. So I, mean, I don't mean to diss the insurance company. The reality is, is you know, they're trying to control their costs, and and you know, they they're a big bureaucracy, and it takes a lot to make their systems work inter and interrelate, and that means software. So I understand why they're doing it. it, it they're just not a contractor friendly environment generally. Well, never have been. <laughs> well yeah that too jim i'm I'm trying to be i'm trying to be gracious here <laughs> i know but i i worked i was a commercial underwriter for an insurance company i can tell you what you're saying is exactly 100 percent true <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it didn't help patty out much she still feels like you know we didn't show up for her and i get it 
<laughs> yeah, I get it too, but that's not true. Right. I, I love I love listening to your show. I I told people I said, "Well, I learned so much just to listen to you." I said I used to cover my compressor up, and then I heard one day you don't want to do that because it uh, you know, rust out the centers yeah. and the wiring, and you know, I I I really appreciate your show. I've been listening to you a long time. I. Used to work down in St. Louis with the Cardinals and KMOX back in the '70s, so I've been a radio guy all my life. So, uh, well, Jim, thanks for the call and uh, got holiday blessings to you all around. Yeah, you too. You you and the well, but uh, love your show. Thanks, Jim. Take care. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement KMOX again, and that's part of why um, why I love doing the show. It you know it just is what it is. So. I will miss you as well, and I'm going to have a good holidays, and I wish you a very happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas. Uh, any version of worship you choose, I, I uh, um, my hat's off to all of us in this uh, holiday season. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. I'm going to take a short pause, and when we come back, we're going to talk about one of my favorite things, you know, lumber futures. <laughs> I know, no, I... Yeah, I'm going to voice this on you yet once again. I'll be back for more right after this. Bells will be ringing the sad, sad news. Oh, yeah, there we go. Oh, what a Christmas. Christmas. Uh, yeah, well, I, uh, uh, phone lines open for you uh, celebrating the holiday cheer. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Coming up 1 o'clock, and this is an hour from now. We've got news, weather, and sports coming up, then another hour of the Cam Wax Home Improvement Show. Then we go 1 o'clock, your retirement professionals, 2 p.m., business of family business, and 3 p.m., NFL football most of the afternoon right here on Cam Wex. Uh 314-436-7900-436-7900. Folks, it's still stuff the truck time when you're out there running around. Uh, my cohorts and us, at uh, we at Mosby Building Arts are doing stuff the truck to benefit churches on the streets, churches on the streets uh, for the homeless, homeless brethren that are out there. You know, it could be us, you know, different turn of events. It could be us. Uh, so anyway, you can bring uh, clothing for men and women, toiletries, food, miscellaneous, like hand warmers, bus tickets, uh, tote bags, uh, sleeping bags, blankets. You know, just if you live outside, it it gets cold. And drop those by either the Mon- Mosby Main Office, 645 Leffingwell Avenue. Uh, we're right there by the Big Bend exit on Highway 44, uh, right next door, frankly, to Puzzle Warehouse. And then uh, our design studio in Kirkwood is right across the street from the Kirkwood train station. Uh, please um, feel generous. Drop this stuff off. As promised, uh, uh, phone calls, uh, 314-436-7900. I'm going to get into the lumber futures a little bit. Had a little bit of an uptick, not too much. Uh, but still, uh, lumber futures are, you know, uh, somewhere 545, 550, something like that, uh, which is up from the 535. So, uh, and this is still for uh, January and now some of the February uh, deliveries. Uh, the point is that um, lumber yards, uh, builders, uh, the whole construction industry does their buying because the forestry 
uh, system, industry has a season, you know, when they cut the trees, when they can get the permits, when they can, uh, you know, when you're up north and you're in Canada and the whole place is covered with snow, you know, it's tough to get some of those trees out and then the permits and such for um, controlling how the environment is affected by that forestry thing. Anyway, long and the short of it, the lumber yards, home centers, they're buying lumber for delivery in about four months. So the decision that they're making today, uh, you know, they're basically for delivery in March. They would look at the delivery in March and say, well, in March we'd have to pay this price or we buy it now. So they decide whether they buy today, which is really off-season, the slower season because in, it's winter time. Building is slower now, uh, less house framing, less consumption of that material. So anyway... They typically do their buying now in uh, December, January, when prices tend to be lower. They take delivery, takes usually about a month, month, five weeks, six weeks, because all this stuff comes in, you know, it floats in big log um, uh, flume, big log jams, if you will, big uh, floats of lumber down the river in British Columbia, say, and then it goes to the sawmill. Sawmills take it out by uh, barge, then barge it in. It winds up on trains or trucks delivered. So it takes a long time, and and that's why it, it why lumber's pricey, because there's a lot that goes into getting it for just from there to here after they've cut it up, milled it, and uh, kiln-dried it. Uh, so anyway, uh, the, the perceived economy is warming up. It's a little warmer than perceived a month ago. Uh, if you notice, the stock market has had a run. For those of you with IRAs and 401ks, you know whereof I speak. Uh, so anyway, just be aware that lumber futures are the future um, temperature of what the building industry or what I almost see as the economy because a lot of people put a lot of thought into, do I buy it now? Do I buy it later? All that kind of stuff. 314-436-7900 puts us together. 314-436-7900. Uh, lots of things happening. Uh, as we all sit around our homes, we're using more and more electricity. Ameren is, uh, you know, working their best to get the electricity to us. We're buying electric vehicles, our computer systems, our phones are getting more electrified. So just as a... Um, uh, you know, civilization, we are upping our electric power consumption just a bunch, both with evolution of the computers, the Internet of Things, everything is, I mean, golly, mining Bitcoin with effective power, that kind of thing. So the point being that, you know, there are a lot of things changing in the grid, and uh, and, and this is, you know, it just is. Uh, you know what? I'm going to take a short pause and come back for more. John, hang the line. I'll get with you in just a minute here on KMOX. Oh, yeah. Feliz Navidad. Hey, there we go. Hey, next up, uh, let's talk with my friend John. Hey, John, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help? Good morning, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. I have a uh, I have a flickering light issue uh, in uh, on one circuit in my home, forty uh, five year old home, uh, original distribution panel. Um, but I have an issue with uh, lights in my kitchen, my dining room, my utility room. Uh, they are all on the same circuit, uh, but. Occasionally, 
and more recently, it's fairly often, they start flickering. Um, and the, any of those on that, uh, on that circuit will flicker. Uh, I've had an electrician out once uh, to check everything, checked all the uh, connections, uh, and even had uh, Ameren out to check the power coming into the house. But it is only on one circuit. So I'm looking for possible things I can do or what I should do to resolve this issue. Wow. Um, first thing, um, in a 45-year-old house, how old is your breaker? How old is your electric panel? The electric panel is, is the original. Oh, and it's baby. A, uh, it's essentially a uh, two-column uh, panel. It, the house is uh, approximately 2,500 square foot, two-story. Um, the breaker, that particular breaker, has been changed. Okay. Uh, I have, we had remodeling done about eight years ago. Uh, I do have uh, overhead LED can lights in the kitchen, uh, pendant lights over an island that have been changed to LED bulbs. Almost all the bulbs in the the, uh, fixtures have been converted to LEDs, but I do have three dimmers as well. There you uh, are. That's it. On different... uh, uh, have a dimmer on the the large uh, light over our a big kitchen table, uh, a dimmer on the dining room table overhead light, uh, multiple lights in that fixture, and uh, I think and and dimmer for the can lights, uh, LED can lights in the ceiling in the kitchen. There, that's your problem, right there. Oh, okay. Uh, how to fix it? Uh, now, yep. now we're into the PhD level, which is well beyond me. Uh, but effectively, what you've got is two computers trying to get along with each other, probably not made by even the same manufacturer. Uh, so, you've, so your light bulbs uh, have little diodes in them, light emitting diodes. You know, so they're a piece of electronics. And the issue right. is with your incandescent bulbs, they use so much electricity that you have the same dimming maybe from the circuit but likely from the 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 dimmer itself you just never saw it well when you stick another dimmer on there and if you if you read your instructions when you buy these silly led bulbs and the uh dimming dimmer uh, supplier as well oftentimes the bulb manufacturer will say these are the only dimmers that work with this bulb oh okay (laughs) and and that's and it's usually not the ones you want to buy you know, it's, it's like, well, that's not, you know, I want control. I want it to look good. I want it to be, I want it to operate like this. My wife wants to know how to use the thing and, you know, all that. Uh, but I promise you it is in the uh, playing well together in the sandbox between those dimmers and those LEDs. Um, and I, okay. I frankly have some in my house. And I've got some strip under cabinet lights that I, I love the Lutron dimmers. And I'm not, and they, you know, they don't get along well with that thing. So, you know, but I like the dimmers enough. I'm not changing them. I'll just take it. I'll just take the dimming, you know, the flicker. Well, my my concern was if I had a short someplace or something like that, uh, that could, that could result in, in in you know, a a possible electrical fire. But I do have on uh, two of these lights, I do know they are Lutron uh, dimmers. Uh, I do have an old-type rotary dimmer 
on the lights above the dining room table. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, maybe, that, uh, maybe do those flicker? Uh, they they will flicker, but like I said, they're all on the same circuit breaker, all on the same. Uh, uh, they're all on the uh, same. Uh, yeah, circuit breaker in the panel. All these yeah. lights. Uh, so if you turn them on, uh, if if whatever light it is, if one of them starts flickering, if you turn another light on on that same circuit, they will flicker as well. Wow! Wow! Well. So, what I'm getting at is when you when you, I'm going to I'm going to speak this very crudely when you're using a boatload of electric to run incandescent bulbs, 10 percent right. of of 100 watts is nine, you know, is 10. watts. you don't see much. But when your LEDs are only burning 10 watts and and you lose that same 10 watts, those lights can literally go out because they're they're using so little power that right. uh, you will see every yeah i i'm still convinced this is between your dimmer um and your led bulbs and and you know uh, some i will confess that i've just decided i i'm going to live with it because i like the dimmers and i like the bulbs and i'll okay. take i'll take the consequences <laughs> well i am uh i'm i'm almost thrilled to hear your explanation because that makes me feel that i i don't have a an electric, electrical issue elsewhere in the box i did have uh one uh, company I called, uh, electrical contractor, that said, well, you may need to change out your box. And when I asked, well, how much does that cost? And then they they it's said a probably north of two grand. And I said, well, let me see if I can find another solution quickly. So uh, yeah. uh, okay. I, gotta, I have to go here. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Scott. Take care. Bye now. Home Improvement. Scott Mosby, Camel X.